You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the Illini Enquirer podcast, it's Michael Tulip time. The Illini Enquirer basketball analyst joins me to break down what he's seen from Illinois through three games. And the great part is Mike living in Indianapolis now. He comes over to some of these games and gets to see Illinois up close. And he notices some things he normally doesn't see when he watches the game on TV. So to get the player slash coach perspective is great for Mike on that. We break down Terrence Shannon, Dane Danger, the freshman guards. What's up with Matthew Meyer? Michael weighs in on that as well because I know it's a topic you guys are talking about. But we also preview what is a huge weekend for Illinois basketball going out to the Continental Tire main event out in Las Vegas. And Derek Piper and I will be heading out there too to cover the event. So we'll see you out there. But I can't wait to see Illinois basketball and all its new talents, this new look roster, really get tested. But for Illinois to potentially test these top-ranked teams as well. So Illinois against UCLA on Friday night at 8.30 Central Time. And then Illinois will play either Baylor, the number five team in the country, or Virginia, the number 16 team in the country. Let's go. Let's go. Can't wait for this. Uh, but Michael Tulip is going to break it all down. Coming up next right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
All right, it's the time of week. Let's catch up with our guy, Michael Tulip, Illini Enquirer basketball analyst, former Illinois and Wright State player. Well, Mike, Illinois 3-0, doing what they should do against these lower-level opponents. Uh, before we dive into the, the minute details, the player-by-players, and, and preview huge weekend in Vegas, like you as a player probably watch this differently than we do, right? Like getting caught up in who scores well. Like what's, what's your takeaway of what you're seeing? And you've seen these guys up close a couple times now. Yeah, you mentioned it, right? I, I watched him afar last year, and now two out of the three games I've been able to see in person, and it offers a different element. It, it's really hard not to be impressed with the showings that they've had, uh, contributions across the board, and, and really being able to to do something early on here and capture something early on here that I think some teams will struggle with all year, and that's having an identity. Mm. And when you have an identity, when you're able to do what you do defensively, play with a, with a conservative aggression, uh, you know, use your length, pressure full court, switch one through five. And, and then even when you don't switch one through five, you're in drop coverage with a guy, and I'll show the film. I mean, Dane Danger, for, for a guy that's, that played three college games previously, he's been outstanding. And, and I think beyond the statistical things that he's done, he's been – He's been awesome. He's been awesome. And, and you know, even, even three games in, you see a team, like I said, you, you know, you, they'll pressure defensively. They, they put so much pressure on you defensively um, when they're on offense. And the randomness that they have in their five-out structure is one of those things that just it's hard to prepare for. If you're a team that runs 20 different actions in a game, you can scout team the heck out of that. And you can sit there and film, and there, there are certain tells. Once you hear one call, you understand when it's called a second time. You can blow up an action. And, look, this is mono mono stuff. They're going straight, and we'll show that in the film as well, just the, the actions that they're running, and they really want to get these guys to different spots. So I'm, I say all that to say I'm, I'm impressed. I, I mean, I, But I've seen teams over the years and teams that I was a part of, right, that win 114 to 56 – and part of it's just for the shots that are generated and you make threes and you're starting to see some stuff in these three wins that they had that's translatable. And it's you can't replicate the length. You can't replicate the, the versatility that they have, forcing the turnovers that they're forcing. I think that stuff is – it may not be at the rate that it was in these first three games, but it's, it's going to give some teams fits. I think you and I knew Terrence Shannon was going to be really good. Um, I didn't think he'd look this good. The, the the stuff he does, like obviously the size, the length, the shot, but the stuff he does with the ball has surprised me. Mike, I, I knew he was going to be more, but every time Brad said, yeah, he's going to handle the ball, <laughs> like he's playing point guard a little bit for us. No, he's not playing true point guard, but he's playing lead guard, right? Like, yeah. And he's creating for himself. He's creating for others. Because we didn't see that um, at, that much at Texas Tech, at least the stuff that I saw of him. So uh, is 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 that the biggest thing you're seeing from him is, is his shot creation and how much does that translate to the, to the higher level of competition? It, it does translate just because his size and we've seen it, you know, we've seen it translate even when he was at Texas tech, but look, he's been everything you expected and more analytically. He's in the 90th percentile in virtually every offensive category. And in the roughly 15 possessions that 
you know, he has ended that have ended with him in transition. He's gone to the free throw line 47% of the time. That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. And look, I, I really think that in that may dip a little bit, but I'm not sure how much it will. And, and you see what it, what unlocking a player can do when a player is in the right system and Texas tech was a good system for him, but there's a different type of psychology when you know that you're the guy, when you have the freedom to make mistakes, right? He made a few mistakes. There's two of these games. He started off with a turnover early and, you know, he's able to bounce back. And that's the other thing I see just from being there is, you know, a lot of times your team will take on the mentality of whoever your best player is. And Terrence is, he's a dog, man. He's a dog. And, and, and this team has dogs and they'll, they'll follow a guy like that. And I think, like I said, there's so much that's translatable, but the, the thing for me is that it's very rare in college basketball to have a guy go for 30 and not take away from anyone else or anything you're trying to run offensively. That's really hard to do. Like there's going to be drop off in certain areas because a guy's doing that, but not with Terrence because they get a lot of those possessions back, not only because they're, they're forcing turnovers, but the way they're getting out in transition He's able to get the points from the free throw line and it makes him more efficient. And when he's more efficient, there's more opportunities for other guys to put their imprint on the game. So that in particular, I, I'm watching that. And that's, that's what blows me away the most is he had 30 points the other night. I really didn't feel like he forced anything. Right. It was just, you know, he's, he's being assertive and he's being aggressive, but I, I really didn't think he forced anything. And, and look, this is, this is pretty crazy to think, but I, I and I'm extrapolating out here. Let's but, let's do it. Let's talk about this guy. I mean, I, like, I'm, I'm so excited about what he could be, Mike. I, I Calvin Booth was there the other night, Nuggets GM, and I'm like, that's what he's got to be looking for. That's what the NBA is looking for is guys like him. Yeah, and, and look, I don't think it's crazy after you go through Io and go through Kofi, you lose 86% of your scoring, and to sit here and think that there's potential you could have another All-American this year. I mean, that's crazy. And that it's a credit to Terrence, obviously, for the decision that he made. It's a credit for the staff or to the staff being able to say, hey, we're going to give you the reins here, trusting him in that. And then him taking that on and not making it a, a Terrence show. Right. I think he's being super he's being super selective with where he goes, but he, but yet still always being in attack mode. So, man, I you got to be watching this if you're other teams in the Big Ten or – I'm sure Mick Cronin's lost some sleep over the over the past couple of days just trying to prepare because there there's not really many things that you can do to prepare for that and replicate yeah. it because it's it's he's a runaway train, man. Yeah. Uh and Dane Danger, man, you mentioned him uh in, in your first comments there. Uh what what a force he's been against this lower level competition. And as you're saying, I, I do think some of these things translate. I mean, they're oh, yeah. skilled, he can go off the bounce, like some of those left handed into a left handed dunk, like that stuff's great. Hit on his defense, though, Mike, because you can hit on anything you want with Dane Danger, but uh, he's so versatile defensively. Like, the drop coverage he's doing is is different than we saw with Kofi. Yeah, he's just he's more active. Yeah. And, look, I was skeptical at first, but skill is skill. You know, it's not just if, – if he was getting all of his production through post-entry passes – back in left shoulder right hooks then maybe you think eh, you know there's some teams that can take that away but i'll break it down in the film the amount of spots that he's in 
and where he can generate looks, whether it's on putbacks, whether it's, you know, guy drives downhill, big man helps uphill, and you get a little dump off in that little dunker spot for layups. And, you know, he, he's done, he's had rip drives. He's, you know, like I said, finishing on the rolls. And it's going to be more difficult for him against better competition, but the skill and length is is there. And his length allows him, especially defensively, to be able to to be really potent defensively without taking himself out of position and that's what length does I always I always like to compare it to a guy like me when I played right (laughs) my issue was I didn't have length so if I got into you I better find the right angles to try to cut you off because there's too much space in between for a guy that has length not only can you give yourself enough space to be able to slide and cut guys off but you're still there on a contest so that I think that's what I've been impressed with. His he has such good hands, but he always shows them. He's he reaches selectively, but he, and when he does, he typically gets a hand on the ball. And I'll mention this now. I'll talk about this on, on the film too. And this is going to sound so trivial, but when you have a guy that can finish with his left hand like Dane can, most ball guys that are coming off of ball screens prefer going right, which means the guy that's rolling is rolling left. And having a guy that can catch on the run like that and finish with his left hand, not only is it just a good asset to have, but the tag man that has to come in now has to honor that even more. And now you can get back action throws to an RJ Melendez and Matthew Meyer or Terrence Shannon. And now you become even more difficult to guard. So we talk about all this five out stuff and now you throw in the element uh, of, of danger and man, like I, I, I'm I'm so excited for him, and and really, it's it's beyond just the point production. Yeah, that's great. It's really a bonus. So you, I'll break down all the stuff that he's doing, and the the scoring is maybe third or fourth on the list. And I think that's and for a guy that hasn't played many college basketball games, that's that's got to get you excited. Mike, I I was thinking after these the last two games where the freshman guards Sky Clark and Jaden Epps showed so much growth, uh, I was thinking, man, it's nice to have two of those. Nice to have two top fifty guys. Uh, in a class, they're very different, but they but they both uh, complement each other well. They play with each other. Um, you know, I think they're they're high IQ guys. Uh, what stands out to you so far about Jaden Epps and Sky Clark? Well, first things first, they both look very secure, and that's probably the best way that I could describe it. I think the two the thing that sticks out for both of them is it it really all starts with their demeanor. I think both of them have looked unflappable. Yeah. And that's arguably more important than anything else because that steadiness will allow them to be more consistent when they're dealing with these peaks and valleys that freshmen typically deal with, right? When you have a guy that guys that have that type of demeanor and mentality, what could be a four game slump is two. And what could be a two game slump is one and we're right back at it. And they both guard, they're both tough. Like I said, not not much bothers them. Uh, trust is being developed there. I think Brad touched on that yeah. after the game. And um, Epps, Epps' game looks different than Plummer's. Now he had a Plummer stat line, for sure, after that last game where you have 21 points and one rebound, no assists. But look, I somebody that can come in off the bench and puts pressure on the defense, that's a, that's valuable to, to be able to stagger your scoring a little bit. And Sky can do it too. I think that's it's not like you have a guy that is a zero offensively, and then you bring in the microwave off the bench. I mean, Sky, Sky's a guy that's capable of scoring 20 points in a game as well. 
and and I think Sky Sky's just been so dependable. Jay yeah. Neps too. I, I mean, taking care of the ball, it's, you know, accepting the challenge defensively, and um, you know, those guys have been fantastic in ball screens. And I think Sky in particular is developing a really great chemistry with Coleman and a really great chemistry with with Dane. And you saw them kind of blow that game open against Monmouth when they started attacking uh, the Monmouth big. Um, Your favorite guy. player. <laughs> my guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they've just done such a good job of, of coming in, and you can tell that they're not over-exerting themselves or overhyped because they have all these expectations surrounding them. They just played, and they come out. That's another thing. I'll, I'll keep going back to it. Sitting there, and I was in the third row right under the basket. Beyond just whatever goes on the court, I love seeing guys check out. I want to see what they look like on the bench. I want to see what they look like when they get their second foul and they come to the bench. Uh, wait, what's the demeanor? And those guys are both just yeah. so even keel. And that's 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 really important, man. All right, can we go to the maybe the opposite side? Um, Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins. Like Coleman, we know. He's he's a he's a fiery player, right? And yeah. he can be inconsistent on the court. Uh Matthew Meyer, Brad talked about it today, like um, you know, Alfonso Plumber didn't have a great start. Jacob Granson didn't have a great start. You know he's capable of it. That, that's the good thing about Matthew Meyer. But you need to see it at some point, and it'd be a good time if we were in Vegas. But just impressions of those two who've had some ups and downs early on. That's a re- I mean, that's a really good point with Plummer and Grandison. Yeah. And all three of them have the same thing in common, right? They they played for an extended period of time at a different school and come in. They're trying to assimilate and get acclimated and – Look, I think for you know each game, I think Matt's looked a little bit more settled. Uh, he was better on the defensive end against Monmouth, and um, you, know, you can see that they are deliberately trying to get him involved. The opening action for yeah. in the game against Monmouth was a, a little wedge screen to get him in the long post. He throws that great drift pass, and that's and and he's really good down there. He's really good down there, and and I'll stop the film, and you'll see the reason why you can have a guy like that down there is because he's so versatile and he's such a threat that, you know, 10 eyes are looking at him defensively. Shannon can move to the corner and he can hit him on the drift. And it's it's good to have guys like that. He'll, you know, I think he should, he's obviously going to continue to push himself defensively. He, he's going to see more opportunity offensively. And this is the best way that I can put it. In early non-conference, the shot generation is easier across the board mm-hmm. for everybody. For Sincere Harris, for Jaden Epps, for Dane Danger, for all these guys. So when that shot generation becomes more difficult for guys like that, the one guy I don't think shot generation is difficult for is Matt Meyer. Yeah. And you're gonna have moments in these games against UCLA and Baylor and/or Virginia that he's gonna be a guy that can generate a shot. So it's it's counterintuitive as it sounds offensively these non-conference games are kind of like the worst games for him Mm -hmm. because everyone can get those looks offensively. And now I think he's going to be able to, to have more opportunity and who knows what that leads to. You know, he pops off against UCLA. That's sometimes all it takes for a guy. We just talked about Jacob Grandison. He was a guy that I remember the bragging rights game. Like you couldn't have him on the floor. He couldn't guard anyone. He wasn't sure of himself. And then all of a sudden you fast forward and he's a big reason why you win a title. And that's going to need to be a little bit more expedited for a guy like, for a guy like Matt, but he's been there. He's done that. I'm I'm not worried about him. And I, I think once he gets that going, it, 
he should he should be able to catch a rhythm and feel feel pretty good about himself on on both ends. He just can't tie both you know yeah. tie both of those things together. What have you made of Coleman and RJ? You know, two returners that are playing their roles. I've really liked RJ's approach. Uh, Coleman's first game was phenomenal. I, he's such a key cog of what they're doing offensively and defensively. You know, he's had some ups and downs, but uh, what have you thought of those two veterans, returners, uh, yeah. playing their role on a new team? Yeah, I'll start with Coleman. The I think the first three games were a microcosm of what this is, what this could be like for a few guys on this team. You may have twenty-three one night and six the next night because another guy is going to have a shot. And what I was so impressed with Coleman from game one to game two was I thought that he was patient in game two, coming off a career night, patient, didn't force anything, looked the part, you know, and and then I thought this past game was a classic basketball gods game. Classic basketball gods game. Foul trouble, missing bunnies, moving screens, so how do you deal with that? And, and I thought he didn't do as good of a job with it in this game. I, I was sitting up close. He looked he looked a little frustrated, got talked to a few times. And look, but that's, you know, he's proven in the past that he plays with that fire and he can pull himself back into it. And, you know, I look, I, I think everything starts with him offensively and defensively. Like the reason why you can do what you do offensively and defensively is because of Coleman. The reason why you can switch one through five is because of Coleman. Um, the five out ran- structured randomness that you have is partly because of Coleman. There's a lot of stuff that you can run because of him. So right. you're going to need him. You mentioned him being a key cog. He is. He is. And I think his maturation and um, his ability to, like I said, not let two game slumps turn into four game slumps, just continue to have s- consistency with his effort. Um, with the communication. He, he did that early on. And look, there was no rhythm for him in that last game. Right. And you just have to be able to to manage that and stay stay locked in and celebrate guys on the bench. And and I, I think he's going to be able to do that. Now for for RJ, you know, I think the stretch he had in the second half against Monmouth was important. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he had a quick stretch where he was able to get a few easy looks and you could tell he was a little bit more settled. Um he looked rushed on a few shots. He's another guy just trying to find his way. But but he's one of the guys that hasn't tied the offense and the defense together, which is a sign of maturity, and mm-hmm. and that's going to be needed from him because he, he is capable of being a really good defender. And, you know, he, he's gotten – he's struggled a little bit in that intermediate area uh, on offense where he gets kind of stuck and resorts to – taking an off balance shot. And I think those are the things that he can eliminate. If you're, you know, if you're him at this point, you're either focusing on being a great catch and shoot guy. You know, you gotta be one of the best cutters on the floor. You gotta be a menace on the glass and you gotta be a confrontational driver when you do get downhill, just simplify, simplify your game and, and the rest will, will fall into place. But those guys, you know, as much as we thought they looked the most settled and consistent in the exhibition game, you know, now, now things are starting to happen and, other guys are stepping up and they just got to they got to be okay with that and understand that their job goes way beyond whatever the offensive production is. Yeah, you mentioned how Sky Clark and Jaden Epps are kind of they, they play like they're vets already. I mean, that's going to change mm-hmm. when, when we get maybe into Tiger Campbell guarding them. Um but then you got Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers who are just bundles of energy, right? They they get on the court and they're just let them go. They're energy guys. 
I like what they give you. As fr- I, those are the guys I feel like they know what they are. They know how to get on the yeah. court as freshmen. I don't know how much Sincere will play, but he's certainly – if Illinois needs somebody to give some energy, if it, it's a slow starter, throw Sincere in there. Let, let, let the bull in the china shop go. And it feels like Ty Rogers is kind of the same. So I, I like that those guys like Sky and Jaden haven't forced things. They're kind of, you know, really steady. But you also have these guys who know that they're energy guys, it feels like. Yeah, and – Look, it's a luxury having guys that can come in, don't think, don't overanalyze. They just go and they hunt, and that's it. And, and Sky and Jaden have a little bit different re- responsibilities in terms of they got to come in, they got to make sure they're setting the table. What are we in? What do we? T- Ty does a little bit of that, and sincere is he just needs to come in and just be have that dog mentality and, and guard. And you can see Ty. I think that's the other thing I've been impressed with Ty is. Clearly, the statistical stuff just like doesn't bother him, right? right? Like you know, and, and it goes for for Jaden, for Sky, for Ty, and really for for sincere in some ways. When I look at you in the middle of the second half, I shouldn't be able to tell what type of game you're having, just based off your expression and based off your body language. And those guys in particular, especially the freshmen, which is so, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> um, you know they're they're basketball players and they get it and they they want to win and um you know both both Ty and Sincere are so low maintenance and I truly believe you can play them 10 minutes you can play them 5 minutes you can play them 20 minutes and they're going to give you that same type of effort we'll see what happens with with Sincere's minutes um my guess would be that if there's somebody that drops a little bit it, it's going to be yeah. him but look when you have foul trouble and when you have guys that maybe get injured that's not a bad ninth guy to have to be able to come in and um you know and, and offer that defensively and I don't know if he'll be a 55% three point <laughs> shooter for the rest of the year but look he's he's open and he's knocked it down and confidence is confidence and it doesn't matter if he's a 30% three point shooter if he's if he thinks he's 50 that's that's an asset so, the stroke ain't awful right the, the stroke no, looks smooth no. Yeah. no and 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 I think the other thing with those guys as well is they're not ball stoppers. There was a, a really big possession in that second half against Monmouth where that ball was humming. I mean, it was shades of 05 where they had the whatever 18 passes in, a, in the half court against Northwestern. Um, but same type of thing. They, they're they basketball players. They know how to move the ball. They they guard. They're in the right position. They talk. I It feels like each one of these guys, right, you're excited about in different ways. and. Yeah. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for Friday because I think it's it's going to be interesting to see him out there uh, against that caliber of competition. Well, let's get into that, Mike, because now it's for real. Not now we get to find out what this team is made of. Not that two losses ruins the whole season, right? But they get tested, and we get to see how they deal with that adversity. We get to see how other teams deal with Illinois' issues, like that they give Illinois gives them, right? Because like, I think the biggest takeaway is this is a talented team. This is a really talented team that's got to find ways to gel. Uh, but UCLA is a fun matchup, man. Tiger Campbell, Amari Bailey, uh, Haquez is one of the best scorers in the country. Like, What are you most looking forward to finding out about this team? I, it, to me, it's almost like, okay, how does the how does the defense switching work against a really good opponent? What's this offense look like when you have a team with the same kind of length and athleticism as you? Uh, what are you most looking forward to? Well, it's going to be a challenge for sure. And you touched on it. A lot of what they do 
offensively is a lot of ghost action, slipping out of screens. I'll touch on it in the film. They run it like crazy. The two-man game that they have with Hawkeyes and Campbell, they're going to run it to death, and they're going to make you make decisions both slipping and and doing those ghost actions, but also being you have to be loaded up on the backside. That's, that's going to be imperative in this game because if they get downhill, if they hit Hawkeyes on the roll, if they throw the bat, like you just have to be loaded up and, and make sure to contain those two because what I'll say about them offensively, Tiger Campbell's a really good point guard. Really good. Hawkeyes is, is a really good college basketball player. And Jalen Clark is the one that's leading them in scoring. And Jalen Clark should be giving, should be sending an edible arrangement to Tiger Campbell and Hawkeyes' houses because he's getting so much production because of the attention that those two guys are getting. And I, I truly believe you contain Campbell, you contain Hawkes, you eliminate Clark. It's that's that's how this works, man. Like you take off the the head heads of the snake, it's a ripple effect. Like I'll, I'll show it in the film, and it's it's almost laughable how much production Jalen Clark is getting based off of the attention that these two guys are getting. And then you know UCLA on the defensive end, they they at times will do a lot of what Illinois does. They'll switch, and you know a lot of their "quote unquote" drop coverage is more a soft trap. It's corral. It's get the ball out of your hands. So they're going to be able to, you know, when UCLA is not switching, they're going to be able to really move the ball. That I thought it was so important that they got that ball moving against Monmouth because they're going to be doing that. Once you get out of that corral, that soft trap, and you hook it back to the back action, they're in rotation, and you just got to move and find the avenues. They'll, you know, late clock, they're going to switch one through five. So if Mac Etienne and and Adem Bona are, are in there. You got to attack. You got to go at those guys. And that's not saying get all the way past them and get to the cup. If you got it, great. But that's opening up drift passes. That's getting guys moving, two to commit. That's that's where I think this game is won. Not only just finding those things on the offensive end, but defensive end. How this team guards these ghost actions, guards the slips from Hawkeyes and Campbell is going to determine how this how this game ends. I, I truly believe that because if you can contain those two, you take Jalen Clark out of the equation and then they're kind of limited. Amari Bailey struggled. He's 25% from three. He's somewhat struggled offensively. He's, he's done a lot in the open floor. Uh, so you got to take care of the ball as well because they are good, but those guys in particular. And then the last point that I'll make is, you know, Singleton. Singleton's a guy, he's 60% from three right now. And I get it. It's early on. He ain't going to be too far off that for the year. Like he's a guy that can shoot low fifties, high forties from three. And when you're doing the trap, when you're trapping full court, you cannot let that guy get behind you and you cannot let him get it going. So they're good. They're talented. They're beatable for sure. Like you know, they're, they are a team that if you are disciplined, if you stick to the game plan, if you f- focus in on how to contain those top two guys, it truly is. It's a ripple effect. And, and I think you can, you can go into Vegas and you can, and you can knock them off. You talked a lot about defense there, Mike. Are we going to learn more about this team defensively than offensively in Vegas? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think this team is so capable offensively, and night in and night out, you're going to have different guys that can step up. But defensively is really going to, is really going to be where – you win a title, you win a league, you advance in the tournament. Because as you have these, like, they could go three for 21 from three. I truly believe. Like, they could go three for 21 from three and win games. That team last year could not do that. Yeah, because you can get the to margin, the free throw line and get to the rim, right? Exactly. You're forcing turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, 
the you know I, I look at the Monmouth game right you turn the ball over 18 times that's a death sentence for that team last year because the margin for error was smaller you had to be more perfect defensively you weren't going to get as many turnovers you weren't going to get to the line as much and even when you did get to the line oftentimes it was Kofi at 58 percent so this team I guess you could call it insurance they have some insurance in, in in different areas so I'm I'm excited uh now if they drop the game to UCLA is is the sky falling no but I you know I think they should be able to go in there and and have a really good showing and that's going to start from being disciplined and communicating because they're going to force you to do that all right let me ask you one more question before I let you go when Illinois goes out there Terrence Shannon if you were drafting players that were in this tournament like where's he rank uh he's the top one he's the top one i mean i i'd take him over any of the guys on ucla um i think Hawkes may find himself in the second round yeah uh tiger campbell's not going to get drafted amari bailey's not going to get drafted at least not this year and you know you go over to baylor and baylor's got some guys yeah. you know, they got adam flagler they got crier they got you know, they have guys it depends you know some one of those freshmen might pop for baylor and find his way in the lottery but look i think right now i, I think Terrence shannon is is the way he started the year i mean if he continues on this trajectory you know assuming like a little it may not be 22 a game it could be but he's he's a mid first round mid first late first round type of guy he's, he's a he's playing like a first round pick right now and, and and there aren't many holes in his game you, you and i were talking about that it's not like hey he's on this torrid shooting start and you know his numbers are reflecting that he's getting to the line he's strong he's big he defends and i think i saw this floating around maybe it was somebody that had responded to you on twitter can we talk about the fact he is he doesn't have a foul this season (laughs) that's right hasn't fouled that's uh, and it's not like he's just lebron right and it's hey go switch go up top and i'm gonna take the night off defensively he is switching one through five he's in gaps he's shooting gaps he's getting into guys he's ripping the ball away he does not have a foul scene yeah and like in 25 minutes a game he's averaging 22 points in big 10 play he's going to average 30 plus minutes right so 20 yeah. points is within his realm of possibility yeah, he can Sh- do that shooting 53 percent, maybe it comes down a little bit during big 10 play three point percentage 35 that's around his average free throw percentage right yeah. yeah three per- three free throw percentage 81 percent 6.7 rebounds underwood has to love that um, and then four assists a game, one steal, uh, close to a block a game. He he does everything. He he impacts the game, and, and we see him play. Like it, it's just he impacts the game in every facet. He does, and that's the stuff that's that's translatable. You can look at non-conference and look the guys that that put up points in college and have production in college offensively and are efficient offensively. They get to the line. They do. I mean, that's just that's a fact. And even if it's not 10, 11 free throws a game like it is right now, he's going to be in that seven to eight range. So you shoot at eighty percent, you're talking about six and a half points a game from the line. You hit a couple threes. Now you're already at twelve and a half, mm-hmm. right? And then you get a few in transition. There's no reason why he shouldn't be in the eighteen to twenty point per game range for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, no matter who the competition is. So. I, I'm excited to see him in particular in this in this game, and just and beyond. 
I, 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 I'll, go, I'll keep going back to it. If you're any of these Big Ten coaches that are just sitting around on a Monday night and you turn into Illinois, you're like, they, get, they got that guy they now? The, yeah, they got that guy now, man. <laughs> you lose Kofi and you expect that this is your sliver of daylight to go in and do something, and mm-hmm. they reloaded. Yeah, I think he's the best guard in the Big Ten, at least what we've seen now. Fouls committed per 40 is number one in the country, of course, yeah, for zero. You can't, you can't be 40. You can't be zero. Fouls drawn in the country, he's eighth. Pretty good. Pretty good. It, it's actually crazy to think there's anyone, there's like people that are higher than him. I know. Who, who is number one? Oh, let me go find that. Um, kid from Bryant, Sharif Gross Bullock. He is uh, number two among high majors, Omar Ballo of Arizona is number one. I don't even know how much he's playing. Let's see. Wow. No, he's playing a lot, yeah. Ballo. So the big guy at Arizona. Yeah. Drawing a bunch. Jeez. So Good for them. Arizona's like 28 assists a game or something like that in their first couple of games, which is crazy. But Tommy Lloyd guy yeah, might man. have it together. Uh, I can't wait. This event's going to be awesome, Mike. I mean, Baylor, Virginia on the other side, whoever Illinois gets. Uh, this is awesome that Illinois has these games. They got Texas coming up later. Doesn't look like Syracuse is going to be much of a, of for Illinois to handle, though. It's a nice look to get something different. Man, we're going to find out a lot about this team in the next week or two. I'm excited, man. Michael Tup, thank you as always, man. Appreciate it. Let's freaking go. Right? Let's get this underway. You know, I was feeling guilty about not heading up to Ann Arbor. Michigan when Illinois was seven and one, but now that they're seven and three, it makes it a little easier. But we'll be watching. Uh, we will have a preview of Illinois Michigan. Some of you guys tuning out Illinois football already given up after back to back losses. Still can do some good things this year. Uh, and going up to Ann Arbor and competing and potentially having a chance to win certainly would help. Uh, but then you got Northwestern the next week. You know, kick their butt, get to eight and four, and win the Land of Lincoln Trophy again. First winning Big Ten season in a long time. Go to a good bowl game, whether that's Nashville or Charlotte or somewhere in Florida. I uh, still got plenty to play for there. But I know you guys are excited for Illinois basketball because they've been encouraging these first three games. But now we get to see a little bit more of who they really are, how they stack up against the top teams in the country. And nothing's better than this heading into Big Ten play. So I love that Brad Underwood schedules this type of non-conference. That Illinois is back into competing in these kind of events whether it's the Jimmy V Classic, Continental Tire main event, like these are some of the elite things in college basketball. And Illinois is back in the discussion, and based on the talent we've seen early on, they can make some noise. They have the potential to make some noise. Of course, they also have some gelling to do. They also have some unknowns. But that's what's exciting about this team. All right, thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the like button. Subscribe to us there. Putting up all kinds of video content as well. Michael Tulip has some film reviews that he mentioned in here. We got two of them this week. Uh, Dane Danger, focus of one. UCLA scout, the focus of the other. I learned so much from watching Michael Tulip take us through these film reviews, and I think you will too. It's just $1 for VIP membership, and Michael Tulip and Jay Lehman's film rooms are worth it by themselves. So check that out coming up later in the week. We got football for you covered. Football recruiting, basketball, of course, going big right now. Derek Piper will have a huge breakdown of UCLA, this whole event coming up at Illini Enquirer. Everybody take care of each other. Have a nice day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.
Bye, everybody.